Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I am I'm so stoked because I'm getting to talk to one of my favorite bands right now. Uh, while I'm doing this podcast, you'll see me sipping on some stuff. And what am I sipping on today? Well, I'm sipping on the Wampa Fruit from G Fuel, one of my favorite flavors of all time. So make sure you check that out. Right now, we're going to be talking to Stu Fulsome from the band Spirit World. Stu, how are you doing today? Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem. Thanks for being on. You guys... I love you guys. <laughs> I, I Whenever I discovered the first album, Pagan Rhythms, that's when it really just took me by storm because you guys have this unique sound to you, uh, something I've really never heard before. And I was like, man, these guys are nuts. Um, and what do you got? What do you do in the band yourself? So um, Spirit World's my little, it started out a little solo project. So I write all the songs, did the like Pagan Rhythms, did all the artwork. So, um, it's more collaborative now that we started touring, but Death Western was um, still just me writing everything. Wow. And then a couple guys um, laid down some stuff in the studio for me, like our touring guitar player, Randy. Um, he did some of the solos on Pagan Rhythms for me, and then now he plays live with us. So he came back and did some of the stuff on Death Western, you know? And Death Western just came out not too long ago. We'll be talking about that later on in the show. So it started as a solo project. Walk me through the basics of this. What ran through your head? I know I kind of read through your um, Spotify uh, bio, and I kind of got the gist there. But run me through what Spirit World is, who's all in the band, you know, how it started. Sure. Yeah, those bios get convoluted because like our A&R guy and label start putting in a bunch of cute stuff. And then oh yeah, sometimes <laughs> I'm not up to date on what actually gets published out there. So it's a little, you know, I think it's a little weird. But um, basically, I just like I played in punk bands and hardcore bands and have been like really involved in underground music forever. And so I just I didn't do a band for a long time, but I never stopped like kind of writing songs and stuff. So I kind of got the bug again and um, our rhythm guitar player, Matt, moved down here. So me and him and um, my buddy, Justin, that he sings in a band called Wrist Meat Razor. We started messing around with uh, another friend of ours, Austin, on drums, and we did a demo. And it was more like country punk rock stuff. And uh, we played a couple shows and I kind of just like had a reckoning with myself that I was going to do a... Uh, just do like a real band, you know, maybe not tour, but I wanted to like take all the things that frustrate me about writing songs and having a band and cut all that out, which meant I just hold up in my room and just demoed a bunch of stuff. And I ended up writing a lot heavier stuff because I'd like, I love death metal, thrash, hardcore. So I, I kind of settled on this like big concept idea. And I figured if I did something really out there, one, I would be into it because it's fun. Like, like I said, I like a lot of bands, so I get bored with, uh, you know, five guys in cool death metal long sleeves. Like, I like to have a little <laughs> more. Um, I mean, yes. not that there's anything wrong with that, but like to really like get my attention, I like both ends of the spectrum. Like, I'm really picky on the types of like music I like, but I also really love big stuff like Ghost or 
like I'm on a Marth. Like I also can really appreciate the more epic stuff that people do. So kind of the gist of it was just be my favorite, make a, make my favorite band, you know? So to do that, you got to be like Slayer Warship, some Integrity, some Hatebreed, some Pantera, Obituary. So I just, I mean, anybody that listens to our stuff, I'm sure they get it. And I think what's unique about it is not the, like the vein of the music so much is like the presentation and how I edit the songs and arrange all these influences where it's keeps basically the most aggressive versions of that material. I just pluck all that out and then I'm not the best guitar player or drummer or anything. So I just do what I can. And by the time I get it through the process, I think it's unique at the end, you know, there was a music video off of pagan rhythms that i think drew me in it was one of those blog sites that kind of reposted it It was the uh, stop motion music video what was song was that that would have been comancheria yes that song that video drew me in immediately to you guys and that's how i discovered you and here we are and i'm talking to Stu Folsom from spirit world Hey, you. Yay, you. I just wanted to say thanks for checking out this episode of the podcast. We're going to take a little break here because I want to talk about God's End. We got the new uh, merch up on the site. We got hoodies, hats, t-shirts, long sleeves, and we got our EP out. It's called Sorrow Sessions. So if you dig bands like Spirit World and bands that Stu and I are discussing throughout this episode, check us out. Give it a second. Check it out. I just want to say again, thanks for checking out uh, the podcast. I'm having a lot of fun talking to Stu. And let's get back to the action. Stu, when it comes to sitting down and writing pagan rhythms, take me back then. You had all these influences. You had, you know, you said your Slayer, your Hardcore, your Thrash, your Death Metal, but there's a little bit of country in there too. I hear it. And, you know, it all blends together really well. So you wrote pagan rhythms by yourself, correct? Well, with some yeah. help. That That's just being a Telecaster sitting. So I converted my spare bedroom. Me and my girl bought a house four or five years ago. So I had some space in there and I just kind of made a little studio just for the purpose of like demo and writing songs. And so it's just me. I only had one nice guitar, a Telecaster. So I just sat <laughs> okay. in there and uh, like I was writing more like punk rock country stuff. And then it kind of evolved and I just kept playing harder and harder stuff. And so some of that that you hear on Pagan Rhythms is leftover ideas. And when you're playing on a telecaster and it just sounds amazing and twangy and like when you ring out sometimes as i'm playing that stuff you know it seeps in there a little bit where and then i like it and i don't care like i have a real job i have a day job my band wasn't going to tour at the time it was just me so like i really have no fear i just do what i think is cool and that's it so yeah there's there's definitely some roots music that underlying through this stuff that you can hear and that's it, it just blends together very well. And then you guys were picked up by Century Media Records. That's kind of where it kind of exploded, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Pagan Rhythms, I self-released it. And then um, like I sold out of the vinyl and everything. And it just got a lot of interest from people that I respect. And so the our A&R guy, Mike Gitter from uh, Century Media, Ron Conflict turned him on to Pagan Rhythms at a record store. And he just called me one day. And so I, I knew that the, I was really proud of Pagan Rhythms. And then at that point I was like, well, this band is going to blow up and be able to do stuff that um, I kind of wasn't thinking about doing. And then I wanted to get it out to more people. So I re-released the deal I signed with Century Media. I made sure that 
they re-released Pagan Rhythms through their channels. And then Death Western is the album after that. So as soon as we put out Pagan Rhythms and we went on tour with Obituary um, and Municipal Waste, then went to Europe. Like we've done some touring this year. So I think um, we're in a good spot to put out a record, like a new, new record, you know? So Death Western is kind of the fruits of a couple of years of like planning saying, okay, get a re-release this tour and then kind of kickstart the band for real. Absolutely. And Death Western just came out this year, 2022. Tell me about basically the writing process for this. Was it any different from Pagan Rhythms? Um, anything different at all? No, I, um, so Pagan Rhythms, it was really, I wrote that in isolation. I didn't collaborate with anybody except for our producer, Sam Pura, until it was time to record. And so what you heard on Pagan Rhythms, like the arrangements, 95% of that is just the demos re-recorded and cleaned up you know what i mean with acoustic drums because i usually program drums and then death western i listen to pagan rhythms and i'm like okay the bar for this is a lot higher like i want a bigger production i want it to sound like the colin richardson stuff he was doing in the you know like the mid 90s where absolutely two hundred thousand dollar major label record so i was trying to bridge the gap how do i do that with a tiny budget with sam and like capture the aggression of the songwriting, but like have it be a really big, clean. I want it to sound like a band sellout record from like 1995, but okay, you know, in 2022, which you can do <laughs> nowadays, you know. So like songwriting, I wrote Death Western immediately when I put out Pagan Rhythm. So it was just me playing guitar for a year straight. So that's why some of the riffs and the arrangements, I think, on Death Western, they they follow. Uh, progression from pagan rhythms you know it's not reinventing the the style it's just a guy that's been trying to perfect it for a year you know so i I felt good about the um, process i didn't change much i just collaborated a little more on the recording and like um a couple of the guys that play live did some backup vocals and stuff that we didn't do on pagan rhythms because it was just me you know I gotcha. Okay, so DIY project, and you got some friends coming in, helping out as well. A little bit bigger production, sounds great as well. What is like, if you've got, if you follow Spirit World on social media, you'll see that these guys are storytellers. They have music videos, and they have this long story across three music videos. Uh, can you talk about that for a minute? Yes. Yeah, so the bigger um, concept of this is. Like I'm big into film stuff. And if I had my way, if I was like some trust fund baby and I had $20 million to play with, I'd be making film. You know, I love music and the live aspect of it and playing shows and getting kids to stage dive. Like that's a passion of mine, but also artistically I love to write. And so there's a whole fiction component to this where these first three records are going to be set in this wild west fictional world i created where the gates of hell are being um found and then opening and kind of like the end of the world set like mid 1800s right and like um west texas is kind of the the sandbox that i built for this and so on the video aspect one of my friends um as long as i've been playing guitar he's been making film stuff so we just collaborated and it's not the videos aren't pulled from the like short stories that I wrote that got published, but it's um, like his interpretation of that. So it's your classic story by Stu Folsom, but written and directed by a friend of mine. 
And so that allowed me to make videos that stand up to like way bigger productions that like with the deal we have, we can only afford to record us playing in a warehouse basically. But because I have friends that are involved and um, just want to do cool shit with me artistically, I'm able to push that and have more cinematic film videos than probably your, you know, a band with a similar deal and budget to work with, you know? Absolutely. Um, as a broadcast major at my university and someone that's worked in radio for 10 years, I appreciate this stuff. I, I see the detail and I see the love and the passion behind this stuff. And that's what really drew me in. So that's why I'm trying to get across, if you're listening to this, for people to get drawn into the art, get drawn into the music of Death Western, of Spirit World. So it sounds like you already are working on a third album. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, yeah. I'm um like I wanted to do a more punk rock country record, but I think I'm gonna do just keep um finish out this like death western, like horror western, super heavy thing and just like really I just am in the riff process right now. So I'm just sitting down every chance I get, taking drum beats and riffs and making the hardest shit possible. So as soon as I get like a batch of that that where the riffs and the uh where I'm headbanging enough to it, where I'm like sharing it with my brother and like friends of mine and being like, okay, this is now shitting on what I did on death Western. (laughs) Then I'll move on to the next phase of like really carving that apart and being really critical and saying, I love this part, but it's got to do something fast here to make it dynamic. And then I'll probably have to write other stuff because once I decide it needs a fast part, if I don't have it, I got to write it. You know what I mean? Okay, that makes sense. What's usually we have time? Like, uh, we're we have a few shows, but we're not touring heavy until May. We go out and do a big U.S. run that hasn't been announced yet, right into a festival run. So I have like this, like next four months, I'm gonna pretty much write that record and get it ready to start hitting the studio. Okay, so the grind is on. I love it, and you have a day job as well. I think you're a lot like me. As soon as you come home pick up that guitar, riff a little bit, record a little bit, you know, do stuff like that. So what's usually your writing and recording process like? You just come home and have at it or? I I mean, I, um, COVID hit, uh, my job opened up. Like I, I got really lucky, right? Because a lot of people got affected where their jobs kind of downsized or there wasn't as much work. I work in the telecom industry for like a big cable provider And so our industry exploded because everybody went home and needed to have broadband service. Oh yeah. And so I ended up taking a uh, promotion at work where now I work for a corporate office doing process management. And so I work remote. And so I'm at home, like right now, like there's our back patio with our gym, but um, when I get caught up on my work, I no longer am tied to like a desk job or being in a field where I have like, 10 hours I'm stuck somewhere and I can't do stuff creatively. So now like if I get my work done in two hours, like I may be inspired to play guitar or like watch a film or read a book or what, whatever. Like I do our merch store out of my house. So like I have a lot more of a um, lifestyle that suits like my creativity. So like the last couple of weeks when I get caught up on work or when I'm bored at work, when like, I just can't look at a spreadsheet anymore then like I'll go do heavy metal shit or pack up orders or like answer emails and do interviews. So basically my, um, like my writing thing, it's just 
I try to play what I'm trying to write. I try to play guitar as much as possible because sometimes like you just play the same sound and boring stuff that just isn't inspiring. And I don't really have the skill to like um, creatively just like do. Sometimes I pick up the guitar and it all works out and I have like several riffs and sometimes I don't. So I just am a firm believer in like, I'm not the most talented guy, but I am pretty disciplined and hardworking. So I just keep grinding. And then, I don't know, just keep at it. And next thing you know, you got a stack of riffs. I do everything in one project in Reaper. And so when I get ready, I'll have like, you know, not songs, but I'll have maybe 30 different things that are like part to part to part with riffs. And then I'll go back through those and be like, what's the best stuff out of here? And then I start Frankensteining together. That's why some of our songs, like it's kind of counterintuitive when you hear them and you're like, it's strange. They go from like a thrash riff to this. And that's probably because I wrote those two things a couple months apart and maybe they don't seem like they go together, but you know, you start writing transitions and putting them together sometimes opposites attract, you know? Absolutely. Hearing this, you're probably wondering like, why is this guy laughing? Why is this guy smiling? I'm the same exact way. I have Reaper, just a long session and I have many notes of, okay, this riff and this riff and some songs and this riff. And sometimes that's just how it works. And, you know, today's age with digital recording and, you know, you don't need to book a studio as much anymore. I mean, it's nice, but you don't really need to. COVID helped me in that aspect. I was not lucky. I, I got laid off, but that's okay. It's another, it's another time. But anyway, you can sit down and write a riff and eventually it becomes maybe a song and then another song and maybe an EP and then a whole album. Who knows? So that's what I love about 2022, 2023. Uh, speaking of 2023, what the spirit world, what do you have in store or in the back of your mind for 2023? Uh, it's pretty much laid out. We're going to, I'm going to work on this record. We're going to uh, Texas in January for a run of shows with integrity, which will be fun. And then um, we have a really big hometown show in February with drain and mind force. It'll just be complete insanity. And then we go to the, I don't think it's announced, but we're going to do a show with um, like the liquid metal guys in San Diego. And then, we have a big tour that gets announced, I think, next month, and then U.S. tour, a big Europe tour, and then probably do something wherever we get the best offer, either Europe or U.S. in the fall. And then in the meantime, when we're not touring, I'll get this album set up and uh, start tracking it, get in the studio and start putting it down for real. I'd like to have, I don't know if Century Media will be like ready to drop something, but I'm just in a groove with, I like to make records like full, full lengths. And I think it separates the men from the boys, so to speak, or the women from the girls. Yes. Cause anybody can write a couple songs, but I'm really particular about when you play my shit, like you can go front to back, be engaged. Obviously if you don't like heavy music, it's not for you, but if right. you're into this stuff, like I don't make records that you can't, like listen to i want no skips as they say yeah fuck that like i'm not here for that there's plenty of bands to do that they get artsy and like have an eight minute song and i'll never make it like i'll never play that record (laughs) front to back so because it's i'm trying to be my favorite band like my favorite band i want to be the one that you haven't heard where like every five years i get one where i play something on repeat over and over and it's not because there's not great bands it's just they don't like a lot of records i've made I don't think to 
be banged. So I try and make sure that you can bang start to back. So I got to do that one more time for this trilogy, but I also want to like, I'm really interested in doing more um, roots music on this next one. So there'll probably be like a country song on there, but only if I can pull it off great enough where it doesn't ruin start to finish back to back playing an album. But I think I can do it. Like um, I have some ideas. So that's, that's the game plan. 2023. Be creative, hit the road, play some shows, you know? Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, got me excited. So hope you're excited as well about Spear World. Um, Stu, any final things you want to say to fans listening? You know, the one thing I will say is, is you start like making art and people always come in and they critique your stuff or they give reviews. Like I, I have pretty thick skin. I don't care what people say, but I will say to anybody that listens to my band and then says, they just rip off Slayer or like, if you can do it better, I'm the guy to tell you, I'm the proof, like go do it better because I made a band that sounds like it doesn't work. The concept, everything about it sounds like it's going to be a train wreck, but you can take a Telecaster that doesn't even have EMGs in it and write the hardest death metal record people have heard in 10 years. Like stop talking shit on the internet and go be creative. You got a basement, you got a guest room like stop trolling and start like building stuff. Like it's that easy, you know? I love that answer. Stu, thank you so much for hopping on the podcast today. I'm going to talk to you here in a little bit off air. Okay. And that is Stu Folsom from the band Spirit World. You got to check these guys out. It's a little bit of punk. It's a little bit of hardcore, a little bit of thrash, a little bit of country Western, and it all comes together very well. Death Western is out right now, and it is such a badass record. Badass album art, badass everything about it. So check out Death Western, check out Pagan Rhythms, and get ready for even more music from the band Spirit World. Thanks for checking out today's podcast. I will see you guys next time.